back to Legacy, a mom podcast. We are all leaving a legacy. Have you thought about yours? I am Tina. I get to do this podcast with Britt, my daughter. Hi, Britt. Hello. How are you doing today? I am good and very cold. <laughs> it's cold it's where you are. Here. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's cold here in the South. So I know it's really cold up there. And we just got back from Pennsylvania and it was cold. Cold. Yeah. Not what I we're don't, used I, to. I, but I'm a cold weather person, even though I'm always cold in the cold. But I like the cold because you can always put more layers on. That's <laughs> when true. It's hot. There's only so much you There's can so, do. It's only so much. Exactly. <laughs> we understand that well here in the South. We live in the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah we're outside mm -hmm. during the winter here and inside right. during the summer. But I wanted to share um, last week, we got to do one of the most fun things ever. And I, I know you, our friends out there are going to understand this because it was Operation Christmas Child. And I live in the Charlotte area and their warehouse is here. And that's where all the boxes from everywhere come. Mm -hmm. And for four weeks, they process these boxes and get them ready to go overseas. And so our church partnered with them. Um, we went last, uh, was it Wednesday night? It was a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving and process boxes for them for three hours. And you so walk cool. into this place. It was so cool. Huge, huge warehouse, like ginormous. Yeah. And there were imagine. boxes, there were big boxes everywhere, but inside those big boxes are all the little boxes that you guys, if you did that, pack them. And so yeah. what we would do in the processing center is there's 65 stations and on either side of those tables, people stand and you have the number one inspector, which I happen to be that inspector. You take a box out that's been shipped to Operation Christmas Child. You look at the box to make sure you, you go in it you know, you have to get out if people put money in there sometimes for the shipping and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have to like figure out if there's anything in there that's inappropriate for the age group or whatever. And then it goes to the second inspector. And if the boxes aren't completely full, they have filler stuff that we can put in there for the kids. So that's every so kid cool. gets like a super full box and then mm -hmm. it gets taped up. And then they, for those of you who did it online and you're tracking your box, Rodfather yeah. was one of the scanners and he would scan the QR code and it would go in a box and it would get ready to be shipped. It was the coolest thing to be able to do and to see how creative everybody was with their boxes. Like yeah. I, I could not believe how much people could get in these boxes. Like we processed <laughs> some from different churches in Virginia and North Carolina. And um, I actually had one box that was from Michigan, from some people in Michigan it was so neat. They had like a letter to whoever the kid was who got it. Mm -hmm. And then they had pictures of their family that they had on this letter so that the kid could see what their who their family was. And then they just like that. stuffed the box with so much cool stuff. It was, you know, there were certain things that we saw that almost brought tears to our eyes that knowing that the child overseas that was going to get this was going to be so blessed. But I know you did yeah. boxes with mm -hmm. Mila and Madden and it was oh, so so fun doing it. It's, yeah. it's fun because like I also make it fun for them. So it's like a, it's just a tradition for us. So now we get our boxes from church and whatever the following weekend or whenever I can get to it. Um, I take them 
to Dunkin' Donuts. We get a donut. We sit in the car and eat our donuts and listen to Christmas music. And then we go in the store and I just let them pick out, like I'll bring them to a section and say, here, pick out like two toys here, pick out a book over here. I kind of help them with the book selection. Not going to lie because <laughs> it's important to me. Yes. <laughs> um, and then pick out like a pair of socks, some hair accessories because they always do um, two girls because they, they can relate to the girls. So I let them be right. girls their ages. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mila like runs and finds these butterfly hair clips and she comes back. She's like, they need these hair clips, mommy. We have to put them in the box. Oh my, how fun. Like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> of course <laughs> they do. But of course they do. Too, that is so impactful for them that I would highly encourage everyone to do. Um, and I know a lot of us already do it, but um, praying over the boxes that's something that we do together that I, I bring the boxes to my girls and we sit down and we put our hands on them together and we pray over them. Each one of us says a prayer. And I just, I think it's so impactful for them. And I know it's so impactful for the kingdom of God and for whoever is receiving the boxes and they just love it. They love doing it. And even like the whole week after we sent out the boxes, they continue to pray for the boxes and all the kids who are getting the boxes. So I love that. Yeah, it's really cool because when we get them in the warehouse here in Charlotte, we pray over the boxes. So these and boxes, our church prays over the boxes. So yeah, these are boxes are well prayed over. And while we were there, they would stop us from working and they would they would show us films of testimony from kids who have grown up now who got those boxes that God used it to change their lives. So next year, you can't do it this year because time's up. But next year, if you get a chance to do Operation Christmas Child, I want you to know that what you're doing is very, very impactful. So we're going to talk about the gifts that Jesus has given us. And the first one we're going to talk about is hope. Yes. So I, I was thinking about this. Whole, so Zach's pastor, his whole message was on hope. And that's so I, was funny. Like, I know. So I was like, that's super cool. So um, I'm kind of already like primed for this today. So <laughs> Perfect. there you go. But hope, I whenever I think about hope, I always go to Hebrews 11, 1. And it says in the NLT, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And really, when you think about hope, if you're not, if, it, if it's something that you can see, there's really no hope in that. Right. And so this time of the year, Advent, which by the way, I just released a book, Advent Devotions for Moms. It's available over on Amazon. I'll link it up here for you guys to go and get a copy. But Advent, and I said this in the book, it's not, it's, it's preparation for the coming of Christ. But we always think in the context of the coming Christmas, like preparing us for the Christmas season, which is true. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is coming back, you guys. He's coming back like a thief in the night, it says. Like, you know, the rapture is mm -hmm. gonna happen and all the stuff is gonna happen here on earth. And eventually, the end result is we all, those of us who know Jesus, who are Jesus followers, mm -hmm. end up with him. And that's our hope. It's something that we can't see. It's something that we know is going to actually happen because how can it not happen? Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies or 30 yeah. prophecies. I can't remember. I might need to be corrected on that. I wrote it down in my notes, <laughs> but he fulfilled like all these prophecies about himself, which was like, so Zach's pastor was like, 
it, it would be like me taking jelly beans where he got jelly beans. I have no idea. And filling the whole state of Texas with jelly beans, like two feet high, picking out a jelly bean out of all of those, using a permanent marker, throwing it back in, having somebody land a plane, get out of the plane and pick up the one that has the permanent marker on it. That's how like the odds of one person being able to fulfill all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled about himself. Mm -hmm. So if he filled all fulfilled all those promises or prophecies and the prophecy of revelation and what's coming and Jesus is coming back and he said himself he was coming back, then he's coming back. Yeah. We can't not believe that he isn't coming back and we stand on that hope, but that's what hope is. It's knowing it's being confident that whatever Jesus says he's going to do, he's going to do. That's our hope. Yeah. So, um, I just want to like say too, just to be put on a straightforward note here. Cause you know, I never do that or anything. <laughs> not you, Britt. <laughs> I, so we need to understand first, that the reality is, is without Christ and, and apart from him, we're spiritual prisoners on death row because of the consequences of our sin. That's the truth. And without a right relationship with Christ, we have no hope. There is no hope. When you put your hope into anything from our fallen world that's always changing, or your religion, or yourself, and how you feel about yourself, how good you think you are, then your hope, quote, hope, is really no more than like hopeful thinking or wishful thinking. It's, it's not real hope. It's like you were saying, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's unchanging. His promises don't change. His word doesn't change, never has. It never will. Every single word that is from him does not change. And his love doesn't change. Nothing about him changes. The world changes all the time. Our hope has to reside in what is unchanging, in the creator, not in the created. You know, it's funny that you brought up um, end times because. This morning, as I was doing my devotions, I was reading through Matthew, talking about Jesus, talking about the end times and what to expect. And there was one line that like really hit me. And it was in Matthew chapter 24, where it says, Jesus says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Mm. That it, I mean, just think about that. Think about that for a minute. Everything is going to change. So we heaven didn't disappear, meaning we're going to get a new heaven. We're going to get a, our, our eternal heaven. And the world's going to disappear. We're going to get a new world. It's, it's all going to be made new. And we're going to be united with Christ forever as believers. And I was just thinking about that. And like, like when you sit down and you spend your time reading through scripture and studying God's word, you're really spending your time on what matters forever. The, yeah. the significance in that is it just, I don't know, it hit me so hard today. Like it's not, you're not spending all of your time and devoting all your time and energy in your life on what is fleeting and what will pass because right. God has promised it's all going, it's it, it's gone. Yeah. And, but his word is forever and God gives us ultimate hope 
through his son and offers forgiveness as long as we choose to receive it. We have to make that choice. So -hmm. his promises that he will forgive us in our lifetime and um, he sent his son to die on the cross for our, uh, our sins. But again, we have to receive that. We have to choose to accept him as savior and as Lord of our lives. It, and that all of that requires um, trusting in the one who brings real hope. Yeah, it reminds me when you were talking about that, spending time in the word, that we're laying up treasures in heaven where yeah. moth and, and rust doesn't destroy. And we do spend so much time here focused on earthly things. Yeah. And I find like the more I focus on Jesus and the more I focus on his word, the more hope I have, the more excitement I get. And I feel like yeah, the excitement. Yeah. So many of us as as Christians, which let me define Christian. Christian means follower of Jesus. That means you're walking, you're following him. You're being obedient to what his word says. That's what Christian actually means. It's become a very loose thing these days. Where, mm-hmm. you know, people call themselves Christians, but they're not really following Jesus. They don't even crack their Bible open. Well, How do you follow here, somebody you don't know? Right. And here's you know, the thing, just to interject really quick. The the title without the commitment is completely meaningless. Completely. Yeah. I've been yeah. there. I've walked in those times when I've called myself a Christian. I am telling you right now, I was raised in a Christian home. I myself was not a Christian because a Christian is a follower of Christ, period. Yeah. I did the same thing. I call myself a Christian, but Jen did whatever I wanted to do and just kind of made an excuse for it. But when we're in the word and we're laying up those treasures in heaven and focused on that, my hope grows in that. Like I have hope in that. One of the things that you said that always makes me so sad is that people who don't know Jesus don't have hope. They're they're just, they're wishful thinking and all of that. We can stand firm on the fact that what the Bible says is going to happen. We can hope in that we can, it might get stinky. And I think that's what happens sometimes too. Like it gets hard. And I think it's going to get harder for us as believers, as followers of Jesus, because what we believe and what we stand on in the word of God is becoming much more anti-cultural every single day. Yeah. And the more we take that stand and I, and I don't think, you know, I don't want to compromise the truth. The truth is what the word of God says, I, but I also want to love people because right. Jesus loves all those people. You know, Jesus right. loves all of us and he's not willing that any of us should perish. I read somewhere in Ezekiel recently that it hurts him to see people yeah. perish and yeah. that should be our heart as well. But the more I focus on Jesus and what the prophecies are and that he's coming back and, and all of those things, it, my hope grows in that. Yeah. It becomes more. And I feel like when I'm hopeful, then you're more hopeful and then your, your girls are more hopeful because there's something solid to hope in, even though we don't see it. And the thing is just to go back on what you said, you mentioned about, you want to love others. Just know that, you as followers of Christ, we are called to love others. And I think it's, it's, it becomes easier to love others when you are in a close relationship with Christ, um, because you become more like him. 
And just know that you can love others well, but it's not, they're not always going to love you. And most of the time, a lot of people aren't going to love you just because simply you stand with Christ. And that is not culture. That is not our, our, the majority of our world. It's just not, you know, we're, we're told in the word that we will face persecution and we'll, we will be hated for just for simply following Christ, but we need to go in understanding that. And it, and it is important to love others, but just again, know that you're not always going to receive that. No, And it, when you were saying that the vision that comes to my mind is Jesus on the cross and here they yeah. crucified him, they beat him, they did all of this stuff to him. And yet he hung on that cross and his last words were like, forgive them for they do not know what favorite. they're doing. I that's know. And, part of the, and I love that part of scripture. That's the hope of our Messiah. You know, the yeah. Israelites all through the Old Testament, the prophecy was, is that Jesus was coming back. Jesus is, you know, we've got a Messiah, not that he's coming back. There's a Messiah coming and he's going to rescue you and he's going to, and, but he came in such a way that nobody recognized, not nobody few recognized him as the messiah mm -hmm. of, the, of the scriptures they were thinking he was going to come back as a political figure to rescue yeah. them from their the times that they were in and and i mean you look at our politics and everything that's going around and we're like we we really need somebody to come well jesus did come to rescue us but what he came to rescue us from is ourselves right and our yes. own sin he he his promises is that when he comes back the next time he is going to straighten things out with government and all of that kind of stuff. It's all going to be made right. But he had to come as the Messiah first, as the baby Jesus, so that he could suffer and die and pay the price for our sin. Yeah. And that is what we have hope in, is that I couldn't pay that price. The price of my sin was an eternal price. I would have had to pay my whole entire life, but Jesus came and stood in the gap for me and paid the price. And that's what it was going to cost. Going on that too, actually our pastor this past weekend, um, part of a sermon he talked about, he just looked at us and said, as believers, imagine if Jesus never paid the price for us, you would just live every day hopeless. Like just imagine that and just think of all, like think of what he gave you. He made it so like, easy but yeah easy when you read through scripture and you you read about how like in the old testament how they lived and i mean jesus's sacrifice the hope that we have it's just you just there's no words for it i'm speechless because it is it's just everything imagine how dark it would be because if jesus didn't die he said he would have to die and raise be uh, raised again and then ascend back to heaven in order for the holy spirit to come and the Holy Spirit inside of us is the hope that we have that Jesus is coming back. He yeah. gave us the Holy Spirit, which is an actual person, by the way. It's not the Holy Spirit, like mystical Holy Spirit. That's what the enemy would like you to think. It's an actual person. Yeah. And he lives in us. And that is the hope of what we have. So the greatest way that you're ever going to change your legacy is by knowing that hope for yourself. And, yeah. and you got to get but, in the word, you got to read, you got to spend time with God. Right. And, and my thing is, is if you have never made that profession of faith, if you've never invited the hope of the world 
into your heart and received his gift, his gift, it's a free gift of mm -hmm. salvation, then that's your first, that's the biggest way you're going to change your legacy. That that's the yeah. only way you're going to change your legacy is by you having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. So if yeah. you haven't done that, I want to encourage you on my website, and I will leave a link right here in the podcast notes for my salvation page that I have on my website. And it will walk you through the prayers that you need to pray to become a child of God and what yeah. that means and what that looks like. So I want to really encourage you. That is the ultimate hope that we have is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that he has given us as a seal, as a promise that he's going to come back. And, and I can't say it plain enough. Jesus is coming back. You guys, that's our hope. He and is. it's, it's going to get stinky here on earth for a little while until he's ready to come and get us. But our ultimate focus is on those around us that he loves and he wants us here. We're, we're partnering, we're co-laboring with him in this whole idea of bringing others to know Jesus. So yeah, that they and I just want to say hope in Christ helps us to live with an eternal perspective. We have to be living with that eternal perspective because hope helps us to remain focused on eternity, which is the the real our, our real home, um, and helps us right now to resist those distractions and those temptations. Right. And to live in the darkness, like when you said what your pastor said about imagine if Jesus never came and never paid for our sin. And we have we're on the other side of that. We're on the other side of the crucifixion and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. But imagine yeah. the centuries that the Israelites, right. that God's people lived without knowing when that was coming and then boom, it happened. And yeah. just like boom, it happened for them, boom, it's going to happen for us. And we right. don't know the time. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour that, that Jesus is coming back. So in this time of Advent, I really want to encourage you to be prepared, not just for Christmas, but that Jesus is coming back. I want to pray today for the ladies. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, so often during this time of the year, we are tempted not to focus on you. We have so much to do and prepare for, and the stress is often more challenging than we can bear. We're tempted to think about um, that nothing's going to work out if we do not have control of everything right now. Remind us, Lord Jesus, that in the end, our hope is not in the little things we do now. Our hope is in you, the perfect Lamb of God who was prophesied for hundreds of years and came exactly when you were supposed to. You were there before the world was created. You died on earth and came back to life and sit at the Father's right hand today. Help us to remember our inheritance as your followers and that regardless of our circumstances, that inheritance does not change. Show us how to put hope in you today and find the long view of reality we need. Lord, you're coming back. Help us to be prepared for that. I want to praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.